Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Sorry. <laughs> Folk, welcome and uh, happy Easter, happy Good Friday. And uh, I want to share with you uh, on having both feet planted firmly, firmly on the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Our feet planted firmly on the love of God revealed in Christ on the cross. I'll never forget March 2011 uh, up in Darwin when Cyclone Carlos came through. And as you may or may not know, each house in in Darwin has a bunker or a cyclone-proof room. And ours was the little toilet. And uh, so we were able to bunker down as the cyclone came through Uh, Some said it's going to be almost the same as Cyclone Tracy. Uh, And uh, we kind of said, Lord, have you brought us to Darwin to die? You know, we'd only been there for uh, a year and a half. And uh, others said it's not too bad. And so we were quite unstable uh, in trying to understand what the outcome would be and when it would all end. If I look at some of the TV programs like uh, Australian Survivor or, uh, you know, playing the lotto uh, or some of the the people that uh, do horse racing, uh, you know, these are things that are unstable. You cannot, excuse the pun, bet your money on them because there is no guarantee. There is no stability. Uh, There's no solid establishment on uh, these kinds of things. And so Paul says a prayer for the Ephesians. And and I want to share a portion of that prayer with you this morning. And what he is basically uh, wanting to tell us uh, is to to grasp this awesomeness of the love of Christ. To grasp the awesomeness of a loving God who didn't sit back in heaven and do nothing, but demonstrated his love to you and to me by sending his son to die on a cruel cross. The passage is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. I'll read it first in the New International Version and then uh, also in the message because it just, uh, it's a paraphrase. Paul writes and he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp, to grasp, How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The message says it this way. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. And I ask Him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Folk, my mistake, I didn't mention that kids can go to the table um, on the side. There's crafts there uh, with an Easter message. So if there's any kids and uh, you're able to go down there, please. So Paul writes, and, and what he's saying to you and to me is that he wants us to measure the immeasurable, to, to get to know something that is unknowable. He wants us to, to grasp the awesomeness of this love, to, to, to contain the uncontainable. Now, those days, Greek philosophers would often speak uh, in, in what we call philosophical riddle, uh, but it was uh, oxymoron language. Uh, and oxy mean opposite and moron foolish. So oxymoron, so words that cannot fully grasp uh, the, the deep sense of what is being said here. And he says, I want you to try and understand or know something that uh, surpasses knowledge. I want you to try and fathom something that, that seems absurd. I want you to, to measure something that is basically uh, measureless and to contain something within you that is uncontainable. And I want you to grasp it. That's what Paul is praying. And as he does this, he begins uh, to explain to, to you and to me uh, what this is. And firstly, he wants us to grasp the extent of God's love, the extent of God's love. And, and in verse 18, he says uh, how wide and how long and deep is the love of Christ. But he says that we are to grasp it. And that word grasp, katalamvano, it, it's got a picture of, of something that is uh, like a, not a little candle, but a huge candle that lights something up and to come alongside and see how this love of the Father has been lit up and you become part of it. Uh, in other words, it was dark, but now that it's been revealed to you, it's lit up and you grasp it. Katalamvano. It's got to do with to lay hold of, to make it your very own, and to take possession of it. It becomes yours because you obtain it. And he wants us to understand this love. If you're a husband or a wife, or you are a child, I know that uh, I pray for my wife. I know that I pray for our son. I know that I pray that uh, you know, that he gets good grades. Uh, I know that uh, I pray that one day he may go to perhaps university and have a good career. 
that uh, you know that when we leave our car uh, or get on go on a journey that we pray. Um, we have our, my mom living with us at the moment, and and whenever we get into the car, she'll do her cross, you know, like a good Greek lady, do her cross three times and pray to God that we have journeying mercies. You know, so we pray these things that, that we, we will be able to, uh, to be safe on the road. We pray that, um, you know, we may stay away from drugs and alcohol. And we pray that, that uh, our son marries a, a Christian lady. Uh, but th- those are things that we pray for. But what Paul is saying, I want you to grasp something way more important than all of those things. And he wants us to grasp, to obtain and take hold of the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. And he says to, to, to grasp it or to be able to measure it, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And you cannot uh, get anything that uh, can compare to it. A story is told about a soldier who was finally coming home after having fought in Vietnam. He called his parents from a nearby city. Mom and Dad, I'm coming home, but I have a favor to ask. I have a friend I'd like to bring home with me. Sure, they replied, we'd love to meet him. There's something you should know, the son continued. He was hurt pretty badly in the fighting. He stepped on a landmine and lost an arm and a leg. He has nowhere else to go. I want him to come and live with us. I'm sorry to hear that, son. Maybe we can help him find somewhere else to live. No, mom and dad. I want him to live with us. Son, said the father, you don't know what you're asking. Someone with such a handicap would be a terrible burden to us. We have our own lives to live And we can't let something like this interfere with our lives. I think you should just come on home and forget about this guy. He'll find a way to live on his own. That point, the son hung up the phone. Parents heard nothing more from him. A few days later, however, they received a call from the police. Their son died after falling from a building, they were told. The police believed it was suicide. The grief-stricken parents traveled to that city and were taken to the city morgue to identify the body of their son. They recognized him, but to their horror, they also discovered something they didn't know. Their son had only one arm and one leg. I tell you that story because many of us are like that, that we choose something that is comfortable and easy, and we can love those who are good-looking or who are filled with fun, uh, but those who make us feel uncomfortable or perhaps inconvenience us, uh, perhaps those who are unhealthy and, and not as good-looking, we are comfortable with those who are beautiful and clever and those who attract us. But folk, when I look at the love of the Father, He never set boundaries on that. And Christ never, ever treated us that way. Because the love of Christ is uh, immeasurable. I'm not talking about some of the Greek words that are used in the New Testament like phileo, this, this brotherly love or this friendship love. 
or eros, the, the, the physical connotation to love, or the storhi love that, that is uh, between family. But I'm talking about the agapi love, the love that moves away from egocentric self, uh, the love that the Father had for you and for you and for you and for you and for me, the love that put Jesus Christ on a cruel cross. And Paul is praying, I pray that you will grasp this love. How wide and deep is that love? And the word deep there, this mysterious extent of the love of Christ that put him on the cross. It's a love that surpasses any understanding. But Paul is saying, I want you to grasp it, please. I want you to try and make it your very own this Good Friday. And that is my prayer, that we will grasp the love of the Father and the love of Jesus Christ that put him on a cruel and painful cross. I want us to try and grasp that this wall of separation and hostility between God and humanity was sorted out on the cross of Calvary because of love. It's a love that broke down and smashed any barriers uh, that you and I can enter straight into to the presence of God and speak to Him via no other means. That we are able to go because of the love of Christ. He destroyed those boundaries and those barriers. It's that same love that, that purchased and redeemed you and I from an eternal damnation. And it extends, it's so deep, it extends to every tribe, to every kindred, to every nation. That's the love of Christ that we're speaking about today. It broke down every wall between God and humanity. But also, it's an eternal love. It's not switched on and switched off. And when you run out of it, you can't get, you know, buy a bit more. No, it's eternal. Because God left his place of glory and came to dwell among us. You know, folk, every single other religion in the world, apart from Christianity, you have to climb up the mountain to get to your master, to your savior, to your guru. You have to go up the mountain. In our particular case in Christianity, especially on Good Friday, Jesus came down the mountain and onto a cross and died for you and for me. It was a cruel place for him to be. It was a place uh, that, that demonstrated that no greater love is this that a man give his life for his friend. It broke down all those barriers. It was the love that put Jesus on that painful, painful cross as a demonstration of the fulfillment of all that was promised as early as Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. It was a painful and tormentful time. The time where the one who created the universe came down to dwell among us, who left his place of glory to come and die on a cross. Got a friend of mine to make me a replica of one of the nails that Jesus was, or that was used on Jesus. And I thought I would just bring it this morning. 
And it's not kind of bring me a nail. These were specifically made. That is a replica of what a nail looked like. And they would put it on, they would lay Jesus down or whoever the criminal would be on this beam. And they would tie his arms around and they'd lay him down on this cross beam. And they would take one of these nails, this size, and they would begin to drive it in what we think are his wrists. Not his hands, we're told, but it seems like his wrists. And they would begin to put this nail in and begin to nail it in. You can imagine if you were a mother and you had to watch this about your child. It had to happen. He left his place of glory so we didn't have to go up the mountain to meet him, but he came down the mountain to meet you and I on this cruel cross. Paul prays that we might personally grasp the extent of this love. He came to demonstrate the schism between God and us, but to repair it and put it back together. How wide and how deep is the love of Christ and that pain of all that happened on the cross, that Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cruel cross for being not guilty. He died so you and I don't need to be tormented. He took that pain and that sorrow for you and for me. And how amazing is that love? Well, its width is immense because it extends to every tribe and language and people and nation. And it covers every single sin, every single need, every single situation that we can find ourselves in. It covers it. I have a friend who's a chaplain in prison, and one thing that prisoners struggle to do is forgive themselves for the crime that they've committed, my friend says. And why is that? Because God can forgive them, but they can't forgive themselves. And probably they're thinking, how is this sin ever forgivable? But friends, the blood of Jesus is so wide that it covers that sin, that love that covers it. There is no sin big enough that my Savior's sin cannot cover, or else it was not enough for him to go to the cross. What about the length of it? Existed before time, and it's never-ending, and it's unconditional and boundless. It's unconditional. Despite my mood, despite my temperament, it's unconditional. He loves me. Remember the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15? Despite him wishing his father dead, getting his inheritance, the father welcomes him back. And that is that unconditional love. How deep is it? Well, Paul says it's unfathomable. It caused God to stoop so low for you and for me to be able to grasp it. 
it reaches down below we can ever, ever reach down to. How high is it? Well, it's infinite. It's infinite. It reaches to the highest heaven, the Bible says, to the very throne of God, to the very throne of God. And so Paul is praying to grasp or or measure God's love seems impossible to try and measure the immeasurable, but he wants us to try and make it our own. Begins with trying to understand the awesomeness of God. Secondly, Paul prays that we might personally know this love. In verse 19, he says that we might know this love. Yinosko is the word there. Uh, it's not only to know in your head, but it's to know and understand it and make it part of who you are. To try and uh, make it something that is, in, uh, that, that is personal. There's this Jewish idiom uh, of it, to know something, uh, you know, the, the same idiom be, the, between a relationship of a man and a woman. That, that Jewish idiom there, to know. To know and understand the love of Christ. That is for you and for me. So it's not enough to just know about it in your head, because many people know about the love of God, but it's to make it personal is what uh, Paul is praying. This wondrous agape love, not friendship, not physical, not family. It's way more than that. It's a love that moves away from self. And why does he, he give us uh, you know, the, these, uh, this petition on, on why we are to try and understand it? Because it's, it's a love that can reunite us back to God. Uh, it's a love that is more than head knowledge, but it becomes part of your heart and who you are. It becomes uh, this gateway that accepts us and draws us in where before we were rejected. And he's saying, I want you to experience this love. I don't know about you, but I don't wish too many people uh, bad things. Um, I always wish them good, and I'm sad if, if people get hurt. But Paul is saying, listen, what's sadder is if people do not grasp and fathom and understand the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. And he's saying that it moves beyond uh, the storm that uh, is in my own life. It might be uh, a discouragement. It might be uh, a broken relationship. Uh, it might be a financial situation. It might be a situation at work or, or my sports team is not doing the best. It might be a family issue. It might be a difficulty with sin. And Paul is saying, I want you to grasp this love of God that moves beyond and covers all of that. And I think what he would say to us, what a small thing it is for God to cover that. He's saying this because we can know and taste it. And as we know and taste it, it comes out. There are many who know it, but it's not part of them, and so they can't display it. And what Paul is wanting us to grasp is this depth of this love of Christ.
teaching hospital found one of its young resident students had a marvelous effect on little children. The children responded to him with delight. They would do things for him and yield to his ministrations in a way that they wouldn't do for any other person on the staff. The hospital assigned a nurse to discover what the secret of this young resident was. It wasn't until the second week when she was on night duty that she found out the secret. It was simply this. Every night on his last round, he would go and hug and tuck in every one of those little children. It was this act of compassion, you see, that act of sympathy that made him contact with children. He reflected the love of Christ, and the little children responded. I think that illustration there uh, helps us to show what Paul is praying, to, to try and know the unknowable that he says in verse 90, it surpasses knowledge. And that word surpasses, hipervalo, it comes, you know, you cannot fully measure it because it's too deep to actually come underneath and, and lift it up. It goes way down, he's saying. It's exceeding. It's demonstrated on the cross of Christ. We can never fully understand it, but it's way deeper to personally know God's love. And thirdly and finally, to personally be filled with God's love. To personally be filled with God's love. And in verse 19, he says, to be filled, that word filled means to render full, to complete to come to a realization that you are full of it, that you're full of it, because it's the love of God. And he says that you might be able to measure that which is full. Uh, for example, it's like, uh, like something that you cannot add any more into. And he's saying, can you grasp this, please? Can you grasp it? Can you make it your own? Can you be... Uh, filled with this, this power that, that is within, that's only found through Jesus Christ. Now he's not, it's interesting what Paul prays, he's not praying that we have the, the wisdom of God, or the strength of God, or the justice of God. No. He's praying that the love of God will dwell within us. That the God of love will dwell within us. You see that? The God of love that demonstrates his love to you and to me by sending his son to the cross will dwell within us. This loving God. In fact, Paul prays that we might contain this uncontainable. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, um, Solomon, where he builds a temple in Jerusalem, uh, admits and he says, But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I've built. And so what he's saying is this love of God is so big. It's too awesome to be able to con be contained in a building. And what he's saying, I want you to try and, and fathom it in such a way that if you were to take an empty glass and a huge container full of water and pour it in, you just carry on pouring. So it overflows. Because you can't fully grasp it. But you can make it your own. The God of love that dwells within. So you can experience the love of God. Let me say that again. The love of God 
that dwells within so you can experience the love of God. And he's saying that we might be personally experiencing that. You see, the reason for the filling is the overflow. The reason he fills you and me with his love is so we can overflow onto those we come into contact with so they might fathom it. He wants us to be filled with it. And friends, that is only possible as we try and grasp it. And he says in verse 17 that we might be rooted and established in love. Christ's love through faith. That word rooted, that we might be to, to be standing strong, to, uh, to be established, and that word established, to have a solid foundation. Friends, we can speak about it all day long, but it's only on the cruel cross that we can begin to grasp or fathom it. It's on that cruel cross where we try and make it the center of our lives, where we try and understand what Jesus went through, where we're able to worship him and draw closer and closer to him, to feel uh, uh, his very presence within. You see, he received 39 stripes because 40 was known to kill a man. They wanted him alive. They held handfuls of his, or handfuls of his beard and hair pulled it out by the roots. They wanted him alive. They kicked, punched, and spat on him for hours until there wasn't a single spot on his body not covered in blood. They wanted him alive. They shoved a crown of thorns down on his head so harshly it stuck in his skin. They wanted him alive. After hours of being beaten, mocked, whipped, flogged and tortured. They made him walk with a cross. They made him carry it, a rough piece of wood with splinters digging into fresh wounds. They wanted him alive. And the story continues and it carries on and how they punished him. And the outcome of all of that is that Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, did it for you and you and you and you. And me. He did it for us. He did every bit of it for you and for me. Oh, yes, it was heavy, so heavy, sometimes you do not think you can take one more step. But look up, look up, because Sunday is coming. It is Good Friday. Our Savior died a painful death on the cross. quote Tony Campolo, but Sunday is coming. But Sunday is coming. I want to end off by reading that prayer again in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, with all the followers of Jesus, with all those who know Jesus Christ, the extravagant dimension of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its lengths. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. That's my prayer for you. And I hope that's our prayer for one another that we might grasp the awesomeness 
of the love of God that sadly sent Jesus Christ to a painful cross so you and I can be free and share that love among us. Let's pray together. Our Father, we can do our best to try and grasp the awesomeness of the cross and the awesomeness of your love. But Lord, we long to experience it. We long to make it our very own. Our Father, we can only thank you for what you've done for us. We give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honor for that cruel death on a cross so we can have life. We owed a debt we could not pay. You paid a debt you did not owe. That's your love for us. Thank you, Jesus. May we grasp it. May we understand it. May we experience it. For your honor and for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.